Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Please stop singing Dreamweaver. Brian House is a new Craig Lockwood. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, definitely. I'm heading in that direction. Give it to us one more time, Brian. Oh, Dreamweaver. I believe you can get me through the night. <laughs> this is the last episode. 2023 the work for it podcast you heard it here first the time is now existential dread is beginning to spread all across the united states and the world people are going another year can you believe it 2023 is done is over golly man i i gotta tell you guys that uh my whole life i've had this thing called existential dread. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like the fear of mortality. And it's also kind of like, you know, here, let me just Google the actual de- definition of it. Because I was I was trying to figure out what it's called. Because I know a lot of people have it. But it's a, it's a feeling of despair and uncertainty when you think about your life. Now, when you look at me on the outside... You're like, this guy, why would he even have any dread about his own life? You know, you look at me from the outside and what you think you see is, you know, a healthy human being and a productive, successful person owns his own business, you know, happy marriage, lots, you know, three children, happy, healthy, all that stuff. However, (laughs) there are times and not all the time where I have this feeling of, where I get this like snap feeling of dread mm. about uh, being a human, right? Like, I think this is what um, the Bible refers to when the eyes were opened of the people, like of Adam and Eve, when the the bite of the apple happened, the, uh, what's that apple called? The apple of truth, the tree of truth, whatever it is. Tree of knowledge. The, yeah, tree of knowledge. That's it, Brian. Thank you. And um when they bite into the apple, all of a sudden they realize, Hey, I'm naked. I need to cover my body. And they also realize what, that they are going to die right at some point. And this is the dread that has followed humanity. The original sin. Thanks a lot, Eve. Appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, But it follows us, right? All these generations of people on planet earth have now known they now know like by the time you're like 10 or 12 years old you realize i am a finite being like i'm not going to be here forever and so jeff fader actually uh calls this brian house's sense of urgency that's what he calls it and it's <laughs> true i do have this like i'm feeling like the tick tock like i'm running out of time i need to do this now so, you know so that's this one is- thing we don't have in common you and i is that <laughs> oh you don't get the, you don't have this none of it dude like i have zero fear of death or any of that like 
I am okay with everything mm. if it were to happen today. Like, that's fine. That's the weed it's, smoke for you. I was going to no, ask, I, does it have something to do with the weed or no? No, I'm just content with where I am today as a human being compared to where I was 10 years ago, you know? And, I see. Uh, and when I came at peace with myself and everything else, uh, I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm happy now. And now that I've reached that level of happiness within, uh, I'm okay with anything else. So it's not mm. just the weed, really. It's just a way of living life, not having to worry about shit, you know, simple life, happy life. Yeah, no, I, I totally 100% I understand the concept. And maybe this is why I gravitate towards you as a friend, because, you know, I need people like you in my life to balls to the wall, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because for the longest time, I, you know, felt this way and I don't know how to get rid of it. Um, <clears throat> and I kind of sort of sense, Brian, that you have the same thing. Like you worry about this. <laughs> what? Brian Cone ho- worry? No worry? way. No. <laughs> the guy was bald at nineteen. Why? <laughs> do Do you remember the Mad Mad TV magazine or Mad uh, yeah, magazine? Yeah, Mad with, magazine. Yeah, with the the character who's the guy on the cover uh, that's uh, the the. Um, oh, fuck. Alfred this E. Is... Newman. Alfred E. Yes. Newman, and oh, his his tagline is "What me worry?" Question mark. And that's that's literally me. Like, yeah, I'm worrying all the time, and and about my life and stuff. So I've been on, and it was funny because I bring up this because of last year we had this conversation about New Year's resolutions and yeah. my thought on New Year's resolutions, you which is them. they're. Yeah, they're they're worthless, right? Same people, way here. it is a it is a lesson in fertility. Ninety five or ninety eight percent of these these resolutions that people create for themselves are not followed through. They even don't even last a week or two into nope. the new year. So, <clears throat> and they waited so, a whole year to start doing it too. Don't well, only do it, it for a week. So it's just it's a like bunch of procrastination. Deferred. Yeah, it's yeah. just deferred. It's like, well, man, when January 1 hits, which, by the way, is an arbitrary number, but we, we as collective society, we see January 1 as like this rebirth of us. Sure. And sure. You, know, you know how I'm always talking about uh, <clears throat> when that the human existence, you know, the people that are the, in 100 years, everyone you know and yourself will be dead. They're gone. They're yeah. gone. Right now, no matter how old or young they are, they're going to be dead. Right. So it, it, within reason, some people might live past 100. But so um, <clears throat> the the way I look at it is, is that when we do this collective uh, revolution around the sun on January 1, the rebirth, it's kind of like the rebirth of all of us who are on this big vehicle known as Earth traveling around the sun as a Choo-choo. collective society. Doesn't matter where you were born, Russia, China. United States, Canada, Mexico, wherever you were born, we are all on this big ball revolving around another big ball of heat. And it's we're in this Milky Way galaxy, whatever. However it's far you want to zoom out. <clears throat> you can it's zoom out as ball, far ball. as you want. Ball, it could balls. be about ball ball. <laughs> uh, and we're on this train together and we will live and die together on this mm-hmm. train, right? As a collective human society. And so I look at it like, you have an opportunity, right, at some point during your period of between the ages of, say, like 10 years old and 90 years old to influence people around you, make the world a better place or a worse place in some people's case. 
and you have all of this power, but it's, it's very limited. It's during this one little, little period of time. I saw a <clears throat> really great video on Instagram. It was a guy walking around the streets of New York, you know, interviewing people, asking people how they um, made their money. You know, he walks up to people who look rich and say, like, how did you make your money in this? And or do you have any advice for my viewers on TikTok or whatever it is? And the guy, there was an older gentleman and he said, here, let me show you something. And he pulls out this like ribbon of tape in his pocket, like a ribbon of paper. And he's like, this is represents my life. And he said, now I, I'm 57 years old. So if I take this and I go 57 over and I tear the tape, that's how much life I have left. So he takes the remainder of the tape and he throws it away. And he says, I have this much life left. And he goes, you know, my health will probably start to fail sometime around 70. That's when the average man or male dies. It's about 70 to Mm -hmm. 75. So he tears off the other end of the tape and he's holding up this like five inches of tape. And he says, this is all I fucking have left. This is Mm -hmm. it. See, and I have a hard time with wait, visual representation. Hold on, hold on. So this motherfucker had the tape ready to go in his pocket. He has I was this part. Of this this as is well. his party trick. All of, everywhere he goes, this is the thing hey, he does. It was a powerful but, visual image. About yeah, but you know what? But you know you what, Brian? <laughs> let me assure. Let me assure you this, Brian House. Tomorrow is never promised. So no matter how long that piece of tape you hold in your hand, it doesn't matter. Because you don't know what tomorrow brings you. Okay, hundred percent agree. Uh, Twenty three years ago, yesterday, I celebrated the day I almost died. Oh mm, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I had my car accident twenty three uh, years ago yesterday. Uh, broken back, collarbones, ribs, lung, chin, all kinds of shit. You know, wasn't even sure if I was gonna walk again. So, mm. like I said, you never know what tomorrow brings. And uh, to hold that piece of tape and be like, this is what I got left ahead of me. Is just blasphemy to my ears because it's you. You never know. You never yeah, know. Look, that, you, you got back. You backed into a UPS a USPS truck the other day. Were you expecting that? Oh hell no! <laughs> well, uh, exactly. Well, it, you know, it, it could have change. been a semi truck coming right through that yard and not see you and run right over you, and that was it for Brian House. Yeah, you know? I'd be, and, I'd be wiped right out. In seventy, sure. like you said, this isn't helping. By the way, seventy is. <laughs> Go ahead, My anxiety levels just went sky high. <laughs> Thank you. Nick. Thanks a lot. New fear unlocked. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Cone. Sorry. <laughs> 70 is the most optimistic you can have. Like, you know, like I've been talking about on the podcast every once in a while. My dad had a pretty huge stroke, and he was 50, 54 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, it could have been done right there and then. Yep. You don't. You don't know. Like Pickle said. You wake up and tomorrow could be your next day yep. and there or it could not. So it could be at your own cost too, dude. It could be anything. Sure, sure, sure. It sure. Could be- so my point is what are you guys doing knowing that tomorrow is not not necessarily given? It's not it could be not there tomorrow. You could not be here tomorrow. So what are you do what are you doing to absolutely maximize your time that you have? This is a. This is the question. This is a. This, this is, is it. The, a good one. This a is very a good one. Good one. Yes. What are so? I'm interested, pickle. What do you do? What are you doing to maximize your your life day by day? I make the fucking best out of every day, and I try not to complain because you know there's always somebody worse than me out there. That's how I see it, and uh, that's about it. And I'm content with that. Like I said earlier, simple life, happy life. Keep it simple. 
Yeah. And uh, that's what I do to make myself get by every day. You know, if I start, my mind starts wandering off on hardships or struggles or whatever, I just fear that towards other people's hardships, which are worse than mine. Mm. And uh, it makes me realize that I'm just a whiny little bitch and quit your whining. There it mm. is. That's how I do it. Quit being a bitch from pickle cutters. Brian House, mm. what's what's your thing? Well, so, of course, my analytical mind says that I need to reverse the aging process, right? And this is very... Okay, Elon. (laughs) There will be an AI version of Brian House out there at some point. I know it. Um, I will live on forever. I predicted back when my first son was born, Dexter, that he would be the father of modern robotics, and this is the way that I will uh, leave my legacy behind. It, and, you know, remember that movie I Robot with Will oh, yeah. Smith? Oh, yeah. And there's that big head that's like uh, r- controlling all the robots and trying to save everybody by basically killing everybody. Yeah. That's going to be me. Mm. That head is going to be me. And it's going to be like, you know. <laughs> so all Brian House is thinking about robots. his head. All right. I got that. <laughs> No, let me, all right, let, me, let, me answer, let me answer the question seriously. So what I have, what I am doing is I am trying to obviously become a healthier version of myself. So if you've heard about me talking about my anxiety issues and things that I've been dealing with for many years, since I was probably in my middle teens, uh, you know, I've dealt with a lot of the mental struggles that pretty much a lot of my peers have as well. And, but we're not allowed to, it's not that we're not allowed to talk about it, but it's a cultural difference that we're seen as weak. If we expose certain components of our uh, internal workings to, to the public. But I want to tell you right now, I've, I've dealt with a lot of it and I've, I've conquered a lot of it, which is a, a strength point for me. So um, every single day now I am following my recipe, which is 30 minutes of, of exercise every day. So I do 30 minutes of whatever it might be, cardio resistance training, whatever it might be. I give to those that I love around me through service, Mm. which is my love language. So I give them things, um, make them things, give them things, uh, you know, even if it's just a cup of coffee or whatever it might be, I try to do that. Um, And, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that I think I can take away from, all of this existential dread that I have is that it'll never go away. Like I know it's going to always be swooping around my head, but I can offset it by, by making the world around me a better place Mm. and also following my passions, which I have been doing for the last five years. And you guys have watched my professional development in housemaid, creating things, making things, and then um, also helping other makers, inspiring other makers to do the same thing through this podcast and all my social content. And that and that alone, just that piece, that last part actually did more for me than any of the other stuff. You know, the working out and everything yeah. is more of a physical thing that keeps me feeling good and all of that. But it helps at the, the same time, but yes, following my goals and dreams, setting daily goals and monthly goals and annual goals, and then following them and executing them. And so that's that's literally it. If If I can do that, then I've won. But at the same time, I still have that nagging dread that's saying, you know, tick tock, tick tock. Every day I look at myself in the mirror and and I know there's a lot of guys that listen to this podcast that are in their 20s and 30s. 
and you don't think it's going to ha- happen to you. And I thought the same thing when I was your age. But one day Surprise. you're going to look, and, yeah, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to go, "Wow, who's that old fucking guy standing there in the mirror looking at me?" And you, yeah. you're going to go, "I don't feel like an old guy. I don't feel like." Um, like, for instance, you hear me telling jokes and, you know, the whole titties thing and all that shit. And we're just basically junior high kids living in these bodies and whatever else. I am going to be 47 years old and I yep. still love telling these jokes and I still love laughing at goofball, you know, fart and poop jokes and whatever else. I love <laughs> them, love them times 10. And what I find even more funny is that when I meet somebody who's 30 years older than me telling those same damn jokes. Yeah, it's that, just, that's my people. I love it. I love it. I just, and so you realize real quick, like the brain in your skull never really fully changes all that much. You just get a little smarter, a little wiser, hopefully, and you pursue things. And, but your body is a finite, you are a meat popsicle buddy. And you are starting to with the minute you're born, you begin to die. And so, you know, I, I have to take this and I have to think about this and go, my ego is even though I have done my absolute fucking best to stuff my ego into the, the, the deepest, darkest corners of my being, it still pops up almost every day and goes, you know, you're going to fucking die one day. <laughs> but he's brushing his teeth and he's got death yeah. staring him in the mirror. It's the fucking truth, Pickle. I'm telling you what it is. Jesus, Brad. Don't we could talk about this in depth if you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, if you want to have a one-on-one conversation, we can anytime. Feel free. You know, I might need uh, that. But, but uh, you know what I'm thinking, Brian, though? Like, because I used to. I used to somewhat have that and whatever. And I used to be not as good a person as I am today and all that. And I used to not have a purpose here. Like my, my beliefs were, we were put here to, you know, shit our diapers, learn all this stuff, enslave everything we learned and then die and get buried. You know, that's what my purpose was here on earth for the longest time. So yeah, I I, I might've been miserable. I might've been an asshole. I might have been all kinds of things. And then, you know, I stared deaf twice in the face. I had two serious accidents. And uh, it's it's okay, you know, to be scared of death. I've been scared of death before and dying and all that and leaving this world and everybody I love behind. But in the end, it comes down to finding your true purpose and what makes you happy to forget about all of that. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. like, like, for me... Like I've told you this before, and it makes a year. Like I, I launched this raffle a year ago for my brother and my sister in law, and uh, I had to do that to take all this this negative and angry energy I had that was consuming me and making me an asshole, and turn it into good and help my family out and do this raffle to take that negative energy and metaphorize it into good energy. And then I forgot everything else that was bad, including the death of my sister-in-law, which was possible, you know? (laughs) Quit it with your fucking music. (laughs) Go on. Uh, I was done. You're late to the fucking party, (laughs) bud. All right. You should have taken out your pocket piano earlier, but I know, I know. <laughs> but no, that's I, what I'm saying. Is I a take couple that, of the that... words though that you said were really important, and purpose is the big one. I think yes, because yes, like once you is. find that purpose, you know, it becomes that piece of it. I think is where it's I, a big I was missing that. I was missing that for 30 years. I did not oh, yeah. really know my same purpose. here, dude. 
Same yeah. here. My ex-girlfriend changed that for me, the, the cop. She like she kicked me in the balls pretty much. She's like, dude, if that's what your mindset is and what you think it is, like we can't we can't talk. Man, I didn't I know like, ball oh, kicking oh. was one of your kinks there, Pickle. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> especially is especially when they miss and they get the grundle, you know? Oh, oh. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, so you d- brought it. See, see, you you fucking threw the ball in the field cone, so this is what you get. <laughs> so Brian, tell me what you're doing every day or at least like how do how do you work through this? Because I know you've had the same feeling. He worries yeah. more. Yes. <laughs> I've been trying to do my best to you know, put the worry aside and just work my ass off. But, you know, I, I kind of, every once in a while, I have to sit down and remember that very few people can do what they love for a living. There are so many Mm -hmm. people out there that are struggling through a job to afford enough money to then do something that they love. I get to, I'm one of the rare few that get to make knives for a fucking living. That's not something that I should take lightly. That is something I need to work mm-hmm. for every single day. And that is basically what has been driving me to have this year, this past year. I've had less sales in this past year, but I had more um, growth in tools and abilities. In I mean, let's just the personal growth as well, too. Leads to personal growth. I started this past year still in the old shop in Auburn the eight foot by 16 foot or six foot by 16 foot, whichever it was. And I started the, sh- I started the year in that shop. Look at where I'm at now. Look at the growth that Beco knives has taken just in the shop space alone, let alone the knives progressing. So this past year I have worked my ever loving ass off to try to keep that growth going and grow and grow and grow. So this year I am going to try to do the exact same, hopefully with a little bit more sales. And it sounds like things are going to start off on a big old kick, which is nice because normally everyone has the January, February, maybe, you know, March slump. And it looks like I have pretty much that booked out. So I'm going to be able to take all of the things that I grew on and get a few more things and keep the growth train going. So that's it. So would you say, okay, so you said you had less sales. Does that mean less revenue or you had less like individuals? Like if you, you see where I'm going with this? Like, uh, so I was going to ask the same thing. (laughs) I had, (coughs) excuse me. I had less income coming in, but I also did more trades like the even heat trade and a few other trades where I made things for people to trade. Um, So, I, I mean, I guess I'm not counting that as income per se. So technically I am slight. It's not like I went from a big number to a small number. I went from a, you know, kind of small number to slightly less, but I did more upgrades. I did more trades. Yeah. I did more shop upgrades, if you will. You know, if, if the income was lesser, it doesn't matter if there was a positive growth in the business anyways, you know, well, the income does matter. Don't, don't get me wrong. But like, if there was that positive growth and a personal growth involved as well too, and a personal feeling of, of, uh, of accomplishment and all that, that's worth more than anything else in weight, you know, to me anyways, like I could be broke eating peas out of a can, but I'll be sitting in my shop looking at everything I have and be happier than a pig in his own shit. Yeah. 
I feel like because of the upgrades I've been able to do this year, and maybe because of some of the patience and skill ability that have mm-hmm. grown this past year, I feel like, let's say, 2020, 2021, 2022, I was kind of plateauing, it felt like, in my knife abilities. It feels like this year I've been able to get the growth I s- first started off with again. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just wait. blowing smoke up my own ass. But I wait till I you know. get your press running. Wait till you start <laughs> yeah. making your own steel like that. That to me, that was like a big step in my in a lot of things for me. Like even in my purpose, like because finding your purpose never stops, right? Right. Like when I when I started making knives, that was another step in my purpose that I discovered. You know, and what I do with this, and like it's not just making knives for people. People are giving these knives to gifts for gifts to people. You know, as gifts, I mean, and all kinds of shit like that, and. You know, I do fundraisers that I was never able to do to help, you know, the food bank here locally and then friends that have been, you know, diagnosed with cancer, tumors and family members as well, too. Mm. But, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it without everything I have and all the skills that I've learned over the time. So, you know, without any of that, your purpose is minimal at that point, you know. So if you could Mm. keep on growing that self-growth and purpose in your shop and love what you're doing, that's fucking amazing. Now, my you know. revenue line was slightly down, but I feel like I had a more successful year this year than mm-hmm. the year before. I've sold less knives, too, since I got in a press and started making my own s- steel. I, I made less knives in a year, but the orders are still coming in, though. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So exactly. there's still orders adding up to the books and all that. Uh, and actually, since like the past week, actually the past like two weeks have been really good for me. Like I ain't complaining. I'm yeah. almost getting orders on the daily. Yeah. You know, like you brought up slump earlier. So yeah, sure. Stuff like that helps, you know, bring up a moral and your, your, your anxiety levels down and whatever. But in the end, it all comes down to your inner self and how you deal with it. You know, it's not money that's going to make it better because when you get to that point again, you're going to stress out again. Right. Of course. Of course. (laughs) So you didn't change a damn thing with that dollar sign. So, you know, it's, you have to adapt and learn how to do this. Like I have a friend who's doing really, really good on his own as a business for the past six, seven years, maybe, or, and he used to work for this job. He had a good job. And one day they're like, yeah, we don't need you no more. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, this guy, he runs his own courier van and he does this whole regional area up where I am. And, uh, and it's a mix from Amazon and Perlator and all kinds of other shit. Like they're all linked up together. And then there's one distributor for this neck of the woods. Well, he's burnt out. Mm. He has no life. He, he thought he was going to love what he was doing and working for himself was great and this and that. But his van's got 500,000 miles on it. He could barely get parts for it because ever since the COVID and all that supply and demand, uh, he needs a new van that's a two-year wait list. So he literally marches his last. He's got till March and then he's done. He's got three months left mm. and he's going to go punch a clock every morning from Monday to Friday again. Jeez. Uh, all right, so let's you know, go ahead and switch gears a little bit. Let's um, let's just talk about you know we we just went through Christmas. Sharp Santa has come and gone, and I'm sure we all had a good time overall. So I kind of want to talk about real quick. We can just make this a quick little segment. Your favorite thing game. that you got this year, and your favorite <laughs> thing that you gave this year. I talked about this on the Work for It pre-show on Instagram. Had a bunch of people jump in and tell me. So I want I want to hear what you guys say. So Brian, why don't you go first? I got uh, I got to talk about two gifts. So one I got from Sarah, and that was the Jeff Fader 
um, the watercolor of yeah, nice. the process that he makes his friction folders. I got that and it's framed behind yeah, glass. And I actually own the um, the knife, Folder. you know. Yeah, I actually have the knife, so it's like very, very cool. That was a really great gift. And Brent came through this year with an Alex Pole 11-inch carbon steel pan. Yo. So, yeah, yeah, he went above and beyond this year for me. Handmade pan by Alex Pole. And, uh, like uh, a frying pan? A frying pan, yeah. Okay. And I don't know if right you up. guys are aware of um, Alex Pohl's work uh, in the UK, but he's a blacksmith. And right uh, yeah, so um, yeah, just a terrific set of gifts. And then uh, also uh, the gifts I gave this year was I bought two uh, toiletry bags from Ben Geisler. And uh, if you're not familiar with Ben Geisler's work, he he is a leather maker, leather smith, and he makes primarily makes saddles, but he also does a lot of like belts and bags and things like that too. Extremely high quality work. And yes. my father uh, has this like toiletry bag that he's had since I was a little boy, and it's been you know it's beat up and it's fallen apart. Um, and so I gave him one, and I gave my oldest son Dexter one because Dexter will be leaving to go to the military in a few months. And so I wanted him to have a little Damn. something to remember me by. And then uh, my dad's also a pilot, so he's flying a lot. And, um, and so I laser etched dog tags with some personal messages to them and also their contact information. Like, you know, if they were to lose the bag, somebody would find it. They could call them and whatever, but uh, just like some sayings, you know, some things like, Hey, Dexter, like, uh, I love you. I'm always with you, even if I'm not there, uh, mm. kind of thing. So some memorable stuff. And then of course I gave away a bunch of those, those, uh, scoops that I made. And by the way, if you're not watching, which probably not, but, uh, that coffee scoop reel that I made is going to a million views. I have had just enormous growth on Instagram again. It's like once it's almost like you ha you have to have the views to get the push on Instagram. Yep. And uh, it's and happening I, to me too. So I finally broke through the 84,000 follower mark. So sounds like I'm uh, the only one left out of the Instagram growth group. Well, uh, we can talk about this happening. in the after show. Actually, yeah. I thought about, we should talk about okay. this because um, we, we do to do a lot of the social content things, but I, I've got some insight on this that I really want to share with it, with you guys and the patrons. Uh, so uh, let's, let's, let's bring all that up in the after show and then we'll. Yeah. So if you want to hear what we have to say, join the after show, but you know, go over to Patreon and sign up for it. Yeah. You got that right. There it is. There it is. So pick hey, what about you, buddy? Sorry. So, so who's who? <laughs> who we asking? Um, what about me? Um, I am not a gifter of gifts. I like when it comes to Christmas, we already had this discussion. Yeah. So my presence was my gift to my family during the holidays to be here and not be as grinchy as I normally would be. And uh, that's what I gave them. You know, uh, my presence. <laughs> my nice. presence is a present. Uh, what did I get? I have not gotten yet. You know, uh, I'm still waiting on my gift. And uh, it's pretty much, you know, well, I got some wool socks and a little bit of money for my parents as a gift. That's an every year thing. Nice. But uh, like to say, like my most exciting gift is not here yet. So 
once everything gets here, I will be getting some upgrades for the shop from a certain uh, Mr. House. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So uh, I'm really stoked on getting that stuff and uh, getting to play and set up some things. I'm uh, anxious to get my 3D printer. Oh, cool. Yeah, that should be here this week. I was hoping today, you know, but no, that's not happening today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty much about it. Like, I'm not in any position to really answer that that question in a uh, deep manner whatsoever. Because, gotcha. like I said, I'm I'm not into gifting much. Like, I I sent Brian a knife like a month or so ago. That's a gift. It's not a Christmas gift, but like the meaning behind it is is more than anything else you could put underneath a Christmas tree to me. So mm-hmm. I sliced so the tip of my thumb off with that knife. The other day. <laughs> and you did make a reel. Come on. I was bleeding <laughs> fucking everywhere. I was making the uh, Christmas uh, meal for everybody and got distracted and freaking sliced the tip of my thumb off with it. And oh, I was geez, just nice. like, get the hell out of here. This thing is so sharp. Yeah, no, but, that thing did come out really sharp. Yep. They all do actually, but it's just, it amazes me every fucking time that I actually take like a knife and be like, okay, I'm going to actually try this one and, you know, bring it to the kitchen and cut something up with it. And then when I took that one out and I was like, holy shit, I was like, this is sharp. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad you cut your tip off, your your thumb tip off. Yeah. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> the tip of your what off? <laughs> thumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> just the tip. Just, just the, the tip. tip. But uh, yeah, like I said, I can't. Like I said, I, I gift in different ways. So to receive gifts, sometimes I, I, I have a hard time reacting to receiving gifts because it's, it's kind of like a, a, a feel bad feeling. Do you want to say? Because I'm not, like I said, the biggest gifter. Like uh, I don't, I've, I do like buying girlfriends flowers and chocolates just out of randomness and shit like that. That's something I've never done. Like I won't even buy them for Valentine's Day. Mm. You know, flowers represent love, but, you know, a week down the road, they're dead on the counter and nobody fucking nourished them or watered them or changed the water, or took care of them, you know, so shows how much goes into a relationship most times, too, when you give them flowers and they don't even take care of them. So uh, I just don't do that. I don't I don't I don't gift. He's a mean one. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Pickle. <laughs> Yes, I admit it. Like, I, I can't deny it. I, If it makes me an asshole, I'm sorry. But, you know, like I said, I have different ways of showing my appreciation and whatnot. So <laughs> that's yeah. all right. I love you guys anyways. Like, and, you know, it's like not because I don't, you know, send you shit that I don't love you. Sure. I still think about you guys. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And non-murderous thoughts. But, yeah, I think about you guys. Sure. <laughs> So if I were to answer the question, um, my favorite thing that I gave this year, um, so about a year and a half ago, um, I got Emily a chef knife from Brian Hunt over at Hidden Rose Forge. It says Bowie chef knife, stainless steel, AEBL, and he he used my carbon fiber into the handle. Well, this year for Christmas, I was able to finish out that set for Emily with the petty knife and the paring knife, so... I'm super excited Ooh, nice. to get to use those things. I'm excited to, you know, start cooking some, you know, whatever and pull out those that beautiful knife set and use them all. So that's going to be really cool. But I have to say, my favorite gift came from the boys in the 313 Detroit Rock City. My motherfucking Lions won the division for the first time 
since I was born. The year I was born is the last time the Detroit Lions won the division. And holy shit, I've been a fan since I mean I I my some of my um little like kid clothes was Detroit Lions gear. I remember growing up and my dad brought me to a game and watched Barry Sanders run for uh touchdowns. I was there watching every fucking season, including the 0-16 winless Lions. I was there watching. I didn't go to the games, but I watched them on the TV. And holy shit, is this a good year to be a fucking Lions fan? I'm so excited. So that's my fun. And uh, yeah, now I can calm down a little bit. Detroit fucking (laughs) Lions. Holy shit. It's a wild ride. Calm your tits, Brian. <laughs> I've been holding I've been holding on to this. You guys don't know the fucking pain of being a Lions fan. I'll tell Dude, you I what. I grew up in Chicago, man. I, I you ever I been a Habs the fan? Dude, the Habs <laughs> the Habs are the same way. Like the Montreal Canadiens haven't won a Stanley Cup in I think what twenty eight years or something like that. And it's like and they're not doing good in like the past 10, 12 years or so. But anyways, like I th- they feel the same way you probably felt about the Detroit Lions. Oh yeah. For sure. Brian and I have a similar uh, geographical location in which we were born and raised. And so it was very difficult uh, even like 10 years ago because we had to watch the Green Bay Packers win multiple freaking Super Bowls while the Lions got slammed, the Bears got (laughs) slammed, you know, it was a whole thing. Uh, But uh I don't really watch football, so it's not like a big deal to me. But like, dude, we everyone around time. me, no yeah. joke, though, everyone around me, it, because there's this whole I'm, do you guys have like the whole Wisconsin, Michigan rivalry or it's not even yeah. that big of a it's deal? Mostly Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. OK, so it's real similar. And so, yeah, it's like watching the Packers win. It's like, how can you not be a Packers fan? You know, because you're watching them win. You know, and that was these. This was the Aaron Rodgers legacy, right? Sure. See, what's funny sometimes too is a lot of these people that watch sports like this and these competitive sports and with you know these big series at the end, like they they root for a team and then they have their gun hole and you know big boner on this team their whole life, like cone with the Detroit Lions. But if their team doesn't make it to the finals. Well, they're going to root for a different team because that team's, you know, just another team and they're going to win anyways. <laughs> and it's like, I find that ridiculous. Like my, my old man's the same way too. diehard Habs fan and he'll watch hockey and watch the Habs every fucking game. And they don't make the finals. He, they don't make the series, but he watches the series and he picks a specific team. And that's the team he roots for that year for See, the finals. Here's, here's how bad I am. I have been a Lions fan forever. And even when, inevitably the lions always lose out and they, you know, they suck. And so you go into playoffs. I always root for the team with the worst record after that. That's how, that's how freaking bad I am. I'm so used (laughs) to being a loser watching a lot, watching the lions that I then live vicariously. Like, Holy shit. What if this loser team makes it like, how cool would that be? So I root for them. Yep. I actually watched football with Brian House once. Did I don't you? know if you remember that, did Brian. We, did we watch? What did we watch? I believe it was the Super Bowl, actually. Oh, yeah. I do. That's I in February, do that, right? Yeah. That's yeah. in February, right? That is in February. Yeah, yeah. that's when yeah. I was last That's where the Lions there, are uh, going to be this Feb- this February. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Who are they playing in the in the Super Bowl? Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't know. 
Oh, you're saying Some that losers? the Lions are going to get there. <laughs> yeah, the Lions are going to be in the Super Bowl this year. I'm calling it right now. Here uh, I have so many, so many mental images of Cone right now at the end of his seat all excited. <laughs> I am on the tip of my seat right now. I like it. I like this uh, side of you, Brian, that you get all I know, spicy it's, about something. Oh, yeah. He's fucking lit right now. I love it. <laughs> Good. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, All right, well, changing but- changing just a little bit more. The other thing that I was able to get this Christmas as an upgrade to my shop was the X-Tool laser, dude. I am so excited yeah. to get a laser engraving machine here in the yeah. shop. Yeah. That's that's Is that be- the one that he did the review on? Yeah. Uh, on the tri- Triple T Thursday or whatever? Yeah, Dennis did. Um yeah. I actually yeah. so the way it went down, I think it was Christmas Eve. I called uh, Dennis, first of all, to say Merry Christmas and all that stuff. But also, like, hey, I have my my finger hovering over the buy it now for the laser pecker. And Dennis convinced me to spend a couple extra hundred bucks to get a much better tool in the X-Tool F1. So, okay. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. The X-Tool F1. Let's look it up. The big difference. It's the comparison to the 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 laser pecker LP4. I think. Oh, it's the same style. Okay, so yeah. it's not the gantry style one. Good. But, I wasn't I, the only X tool that I was familiar with is the one like what we have in the shop. X Y Axie and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not good. It's and so that when you told me that Brian, I was like, oh, oh no, we no. didn't <laughs> buy this like piece of shit like you know with the gantry and everything and. Um, not to listen, if you own this tool, I'm not saying that it's not good or whatever for what, but for what we tried it to do, it could not achieve what we wanted. And the gantry style lasers, I'm going to say this again, it needs to be right up against whatever you are lasering and it requires, you cannot have a handle on it. It has to be flat. It has to, you know. This is why I like this F1. I like the laser pecker is because you can set something right under the lens and the lens does the work. There's no moving head. And if there's a moving head, you're got, you have challenges with that. So that's why I say this. The the big reason and the reason why Dennis really talked me into this one is it was slightly just a couple hundred dollars more, which if you're dropping a thousand bucks, I mean, drop a couple more and get the much better machine. It has way better attachments that I can add later and it also, I mean, it's both steel, plastic, wood, leather, everything. Yep. Hell, if I put yeah, my hand great. under that, it'll, it'll mark it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, no, that's a, it's a, that's a pretty, like, even I myself, if I could upgrade to the LP4 and not have to, like, put money into it, like, if they wanted to send me one, I'd be like, sure, I'd take it and probably <laughs> sell my LP3. Just because of the fact that it does wood and everything else you know not that i need it to do wood but if i want to you know like cut out a template or whatever i could you know uh with lp3 i can't you know that's that's one thing the lp3 i use it you know it's i use it for one thing only and it's my maker's mark and custom engravings if i need to and it does the job it's completely fine and when i got it the lp4 had just came out and it wasn't available in canada at, at the beginning so like I didn't get the LP4 because of that, but then I started yeah. seeing people getting it, and then it was like available in Canada like a week later after I got mine, and I was like, oh, fuck!" But it is what it is. It does what I need it to do, and I'm content with it, anyways. One of the many reasons why I wanted to get a laser engraver is a, you know, I just started doing stainless steel knives, and I'd love to put my maker's mark and more information on the knife itself. 
that's that's kind of I know you could hot stamp, but I would rather laser it on and make it clean and all that. Well, what's all nice that. about it too is you could you could not worry about a maker's mark on that knife until your last step before sharpening that blade and that way it allows you to throw whatever fucking bevel you want on that blade without washing out a maker's mark and that's the reason why i got into electro etching and now the laser engraver because the time consuming of electro etching is not my jam so the other reason is you know obviously i want to be able to sell other things like you know doing different coins or bottle openers or be able to throw pretty much anything, put a cool logo on there or a cool saying or whatever, sell those at craft shows. And then also this is the year that I'm going to get married. So I think this thing is going to pay for itself just in all of the different trinkets and shit we give out at the wedding instead of buying it like the Brian and Emily 2024, whatever, keychain, throw that on the table. Yeah. Glass cups, uh, goblets, everything i can throw a logo and a, a name and there it is ready to go hmm. so hot and ready there it is so like hot right now i'm doing i'm just about done uh laser engraving my uh batch of uh rules and rulers for lords yeah and i had uh what was it 200 rules and rulers to do and i was doing them on lost time and when i sit here like when i get up from the podcast i'm gonna start another three i started three this morning uh anyway so yeah once that gets done i'll have done that with it and you know it's it paid for a portion of that laser engraver there it is so i got the 3d print oh go ahead speaking of lawrence lake when you're done with those rules and rulers where are you gonna buy them where can people buy them maritimeknifesupply.com is where you're gonna find those and many other things too like all your abrasive belts many 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 brands of them uh there's you know from epoxies to ca glues all your handle material pin stock uh, fasteners all types there's new stuff coming in there's there's a boxing day sale going on right now is that on all week i don't know let me check real quick but uh yeah he's got all kinds of stuff for your knife making needs he is doing his best to be the one-stop shop for knife makers and he's doing a pretty good job at it if you ask me i like i anything you need he has it just put it that way from belt grinders to forges to anvils to hammers to you know hardness testing equipment everything he's got it so brian house if you weren't to go if you wanted to make a knife and you wanted to get the best damn steel where would you find that Best damn steel, if you're looking for Damascus or pattern-welded steels, you're going to go to bakerforge.com. Check out all of the amazing patterns that they have. In fact, I'm going to go there right now, bakerforge.com. Check out what they have on their website. Uh, Raindrop Go My, Riptide, Copper Mascus, Ripple Go My. All these different shapes, sizes, things that they've got going on. You will quickly see... If you watch any of their social media from YouTube to TikTok to Instagram to Facebook, how much equipment these guys have to make these patterned pattern welded steels. And you can quickly just go on their website, buy one and have it in your workshop and make some make make something amazing, whether it be a knife, whether it be a handle for something, whatever it might be, a truly unique piece. And if you use the code WFI10 at checkout you will get 10% off your order. And uh, believe it or not, 
a lot of these billets are $100. And if you use WFI 10, that makes them 90 bucks. And those guys are salt of the earth making this stuff. Coy and his brother and all the guys that work for them. I love solid. watching all the solid dudes. Like you just, when you meet them in person, like say yep. a blade show or whatever, you come to realize that they are the real deal. Okay. Sure. And, uh, we wouldn't, uh, promote their stuff if we didn't truly believe in it. So, and anybody you hear, we talk about on this, the show, it's products that we use and we enjoy. And we also know the owners. It's not just hey. yes, some sir. BS that we, you know, we're putting out there. Let me speak. Oh, oh, let me paint. Can I just step? uh, (laughs) Can I just step back one second back to Maritime and incorporate this with the Baker Forge tool real quick? Sure. Go Go ahead. Is if you're in Canada and you want to order some Baker Forge steel, you could get it at Maritime Knife Supply. Yes. But if you want to get that 10% off, you have till the 28th of December to take advantage of that Boxing Day sale at Maritime Nice Supply, which is 10% off all metal, high-carbon high carbon steel, stainless, CPM, diamond steel, Baker Forge, pinstock, handle material, G10 liners, rod sheets, uh, Oleg's blocks, yeah, Micarta, everything, a lot of good stuff is 10% off. And, uh, yeah, go check it out. All right, let me paint the picture for you. So you went and bought your Baker Forge and Tool Steel, WFI 10 for 10% off. You've got this the best damn piece of Damascus you've ever seen in your hand. You went to Maritime Knife Supply and you bought your handle material, your abrasive, your tools, your glue, your everything you need, pin stock. I mean, just you kitted it out over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. You finish up the best damn knife you've ever made going into 2024. Are you just going to send that out dry? Going to let that thing rust? Hell Never no. Never go in dry. Never no, go in dry. Never, ever go in dry. You need yourself <laughs> some Pelican paste. Cover that thing with the best smelling Pelican paste knife wax that has ever been made. Smells of citrus. It will protect your blade. Give it a nice glossy sheen. And when you send it off to that customer, they're going to thank you because not only does this thing look sexy, not only is it protected, but it smells like the Florida summer. Holy shit. What more do you want? So go to pelicanpaste.com, use WFI 10 for 10% off, and let them know you that you love the Work For It podcast. He's actually sending me some stuff, too. So. Yeah. I know. I just, I, just got yep. a, uh, I just got a notification from his website that there's some stuff on its way to me, me as well. Yeah. Me so too. thank you, Travis, for that. We yes, appreciate thank you. thank you very much. I made the another reel about using Pelican Paste on the scoops that I made because a whole bunch of people, by the way, now that this one reel has gone viral and you know going to get into a million views here pretty soon, um, there's all these trolls trying to tell me, okay, a couple things, one of which that copper is toxic. Copper oh. is toxic, and you're not allowed mm. to use it for oh, anything God. that you make with food. And Dude, I just, said, hey, just so you know, the copper that I made the, the scoop out of <clears throat> was made from the pipes that are run in all of the households all over the United States and have been for the last hundred plus years or so. Dude, so just somehow just we've managed that. to survive this copper toxicity that you're talking about. Now, and the other part of this is that they also say, because I use copper and steel, 
that there's going to be galvanic corrosion because I'm <laughs> using dissimilar metals. This isn't a fucking boat, you morons. Uh. We're not in salt water. The guy's like, well, you know, there's humidity in the air and it's going to, you know, corrode. Yeah, or but it's not the same. It's not it's, exposed to the proper the elements thing. to make I'm, it happen. So I'm using pelican paste between the layers of copper and steel to thwart galvanic corrosion. Man, just you wait till these people hear about this crazy stuff, dihydrogen monoxide. Have you ever heard of this stuff? (laughs) I'm telling you, it is is all over this earth. It is in so many things that you don't even know about. And if you drink enough of this dihydrogen monoxide, it'll kill you. You can also (laughs) that stuff gets in your lungs. You get that stuff in your lungs and you're going to die. Guaranteed. Dihydrogen monoxide is water. <laughs> Sit back, Cone. Sit back. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, when the guy when this guy started writing to me telling me that copper was toxic and that He's I'm gonna kill shit. myself with this scoop. I, I had a the moment, coffee man. the coffee you're drinking is worse than that copper is for your health, probably. Like, because you know, you could, we've seen what you could do with coffee and a knife steel, right? Like, throw a knife steel in there and it makes it all nice and oxidized. So, imagine what coffee does to your guts when you're drinking like five coffees a day and they're black, you know, yeah. dark. Oh, definitely, fucking, you know. So, there's nothing good for us out there, really. But copper is not going to kill you, don't worry about it. You know, there is one another day. There is one place that copper will kill you. It's only toxic in California. <laughs> it's like everything else. Does Dennis have <laughs> copper? <laughs> you guys ready for the patron question of the week that we will answer in the after show? Let's do it. Shoot. This one comes from Drew over at Broken Tooth Forge. If you're not familiar Ouch. with Drew's work. Uh, he has two questions. First and more time sensitive, uh, he's been given the opportunity. I'm sorry that this took so long for us, uh, Drew, to uh, answer. <laughs> he sent this on November 29th. I'm really sorry. You're just like in the list. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, it'll still be ha- uh, helpful, our answer. He's been given the opportunity to purchase a full blacksmith shop, Whoa. including some big ticket items like a coon air hammer do all bandsaw um and he said he wouldn't be able to find them at this price um and it's about 15 minutes from the shop so it's like pretty close um to say this he says i can't pass this up i do have some friends and family who are willing to help but i really prefer to make this happen for myself and i'm curious about your thoughts and experiences with business financing via loans and grants Best practices, resources, and advice are all helpful. For context, through a friend, I recently met a master goldsmith and blacksmith who is in his 80s and ready to pass on what he has spent the last 50 years building. He wants to pass it on as a whole. This would be my first major step towards finally working entirely for myself. And then he has a second question. When deciding on which products and projects to produce, How do you narrow and maintain focus? What market research or other indicators, if any, do you consider? I've been fortunate enough to have access to great education and jobs over the last 20 years, so I can do a wide range of things and find it difficult to commit to a design 
and build product lines. Similarly, keeping these economically viable as an oppo- as opposed to the most perfect, beautiful version is a challenge for me. One-offs are great, but hard to market and being consistently visible, at least to start, seems like a better path. Mm. And so these are two very, very good questions. Like, I'm reading a third message. Lots of meat. I'm reading a third message from him, and it says right okay. here, Hey, you motherfuckers, you ghosted me and I let this op- giant opportunity pass. Why did you <laughs> Why did you not answer me back in November? This was Here's time sensitive, gonna, guys. Come on. I know. Here's what's going to be interesting <laughs> about this, though, is to hear what he actually did. We're going to answer this question. And then, Drew, I'd like you to write us again and let us know how it worked out. But we'll answer it in the after show. So if you want to be a patron, you can get this beefy information. And trust me, like Drew, he pays the $10.80 a year to get us to answer this question. Um, and so we we will do that. And it's a extremely valuable data that we provide in our after show. So I would appreciate it if you guys would consider becoming a patron. It also keeps the show commercial free. We do ad reads, but they're very small and short. They're about one minute to two minutes of our entire show, which is an hour long. And the patrons cover the rest, which is fan freaking tastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting the work that we do here right on the work for it podcast. And in the after show, there's even more valuable data. So there it is. Um, now, before we end this show, we are right towards the end here. I would like to tell everyone that I did reach my goals this year. I had set lofty goals, revenue numbers, things like that, that I wanted to reach. And I did achieve them. And it's only because I went and deployed the 50-50 rule. If you do not know the 50-50 rule, I highly suggest you listen to old episodes where we talk in depth about it. But here's the here's the um, the the uh, cliff notes on this. 50% of your job is to make whatever it is that you're making. The other 50%, yes, the other 50% is for you to sell that thing. Work with clients. And it doesn't have to be you going out, pitching people and doing all this stuff. Selling can be, and primarily what I do is social media, which is free. Take the time, make and document your process, and that is a portion of your selling process, okay? And I can't stress this enough because I know from the work that I do, and Brian, you know this, Pickle, you know this. If I am running low on money and I need revenue, what do I do? I make social content, and I'm sure you guys do too because you know that that drums up sales. And so many people, and I've read this numerous times from other people who have failed at their own businesses saying, you know, it used to be profitable to make knives. It's not anymore. And I can't do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And I can't do it. These are the guys when I go to their Instagram or I go to their Facebook pages who post once a month. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Anything you apply 10 minutes a month to is not going to be successful. I don't care what it is. You got to make, take that time. So 50% of your job is to make it. 50% of your job is to sell it. If you follow this one simple rule, yes, this is a tagline bait or a clickbait type comment, but it's the truth. If you follow that one simple rule, I fucking guarantee you that you will be successful. But that, that one simple rule takes a lot of effort and a lot of work, which is the point of this podcast. 
you hear me talking about the goals that I've set for myself and the things that I want to do with my life, all of the existential dread mixed into that bucket comes from that work where I deploy that one simple rule. And here's here's another thing that I've learned too over the course of my time on planet Earth is that if I take whatever it is that I want and I focus on it and I really, really, really want it, I can make it happen. I have been given the best opportunity in the world. I was born in the 1970s in one of the most beautiful, best places on the planet, a fertile ground for commerce, United States of America. And I can't, I can't tell you how many guys that I've met, my contemporaries, same age or close to it, who have an exact opposite life than I have. They've got so many negative things to talk about and they're failures and they're sad and they, they wish they could be me or they wish they could do the things I'm doing. And it's all about the eyes that you look out of and the perspective that you have. If I could implore you to do one thing in 2024, you can start today because it's close enough, is to change your perspective, switch off that I can't do it, I, it'll never work, all that self-doubt, shut it down and do something with yourself positive. One step, 1% every day, and you can do it. Now, Pickle and Brian, yeah. I appreciate you guys. I love you. Thank you for coming along with me on this journey Same. of this podcast and all of the other professional endeavors that we do together. You two are the embodiment of all of the things that I preach right here on oh, the yeah. Workforce Podcast. I yeah, am baby. watching massive success happen in both of your lives. And it's all because of me. Thank you very much. I take full credit. <laughs> You're welcome. That was your dad joke of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. My dad. Oh, you know what? In fact, I'm gonna, uh, exactly. I'm going to do a... Uh, real quick, because... <laughs> He's trying to drown him out. Yeah, exactly. I So uh, Jeff Carey sent me a dad joke a day late. It's a Christmas dad joke, but I thought it was really funny. So let me go find it here. Um, All right. I, uh, my biggest fear is being trapped in a small room with Santa. Yeah, I have oh, yeah. claws trophobia. <laughs> Why? Uh, what, <laughs> what was uh, Dr. Frankenstein's uh, New Year's resolution? What was it? What? To make new friends. <laughs> I've got one last dad joke for 2023, and it's kind of a gross one, but enjoy. Yes. Why did the sperm cross the road? <laughs> Why? Because I put the wrong socks on this morning. <laughs> on to the after show. Let's do it, boys. Yeehaw. 